Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now... Here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning, the word that the Lord has given me to share is quite simple, but it is also quite effective. Hallelujah. The title is Pleasing God is Possible. How many know that we can actually please the Father? We live this life and we often wonder that God is the God in heaven with the big leather belt. And he's always waiting for us to stumble and fall so he can correct us and chastise us. But for some reason we think that it's almost impossible to be pleasing unto the Father. We think that it's impossible for us to please him. So this morning we're going to talk a little bit about pleasing God. It is possible. We're going to open up our word this morning. Just one simple verse of scripture. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And I will give you a quick moment to find that in your word. Hebrews 11 starting at verse number 6. And the word of the Lord says... You matter of fact, let's read this together. Let's read it all out loud. Amen? Because when we hear God's word, right, our faith is increased. We'll get there. Hallelujah. Let's read it out loud. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful desire it is for us to be able to please God, to be able to please him, the understanding that that we people, humans, lesser beings have the ability to please God, to even consider the fact that we as lowly specks of dust, as grains of sand, that we have the absolute ability to be pleasing unto the creator of heaven and earth. Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter, or in other terms, the hall of heroes, the the chapter of the heroes of faith. Glory to God. It's the common denominator in this chapter that all of those heroes of faith desired to please God. Now, one fact that is very important that we have to understand. All those heroes of faith were jacked up. Hallelujah. They were all misfits. Every single one of them had some issues. Praise the Lord. And it should be an encouragement to us that God is willing to use people with issues. People that are broken. People that have made some serious mistakes. People that are doubtful even sometimes. People that have issues. Praise the Lord. And God will be glorified in your weakness because he will show himself strong. In this chapter, all these flawed people, not only did God use them, but God considered them enough to name them in the chapter of heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. Abraham. We know about him lying to a king about his wife, Sarah, because his wife was fine. Hallelujah. And the king wanted to, to have the wife, possibly. He said, if I let her know that, 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 uh, that she's my sister or, or was sister or whatever, sister, then the king is going to want her or whatever. So he lied to the king about his wife. Look at Jacob. His very name was the deceiver. And then later, his name was changed to Israel. 
Look at Moses. Moses was a murderer. He grew up in Egypt. He killed an Egyptian soldier and was driven out into the wilderness. And then God found him there and he became the deliverer, God's people, from bondage. Look at Gideon. Gideon was a coward. Samson. Samson was a womanizer, a covenant breaker. Did you know that he was supposed to keep several covenants and he broke every single one of them? He was blinded by a hot dagger. And I think in his blindness, he was able to see God more clearly than he ever did with his two eyeballs. He killed more Philistines in his death than he ever did in his whole entire life combined. What about David, the shepherd boy who would one day become king of Israel? He was guilty of murder, a mob-style hit. He put a, a, a woman's husband that he lusted after, Bathsheba. He put her husband on the front line, and the enemy's sword killed her husband. But it was still murder. David plotted that. It was a hit. And then he committed adultery and had a child with this, woman's, with this woman. But yet, he made it into the chapter of heroes of the faith. How about this? Rahab, the prostitute. The woman of the night that made her living by sleeping with men for money. She made it into the hall of heroes in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And there are countless others without names. There were those who were tortured, some that were mocked and scourged. There were other, others that were chained and imprisoned. Some of them were sawed in two. Some others were stoned to death. They were slain by the sword. They were decapitated, beaten to death. And still, the Bible says, they refused to accept deliverance from the Lord. Think about that. They believed on God even when they didn't receive the promise of God that they were looking for. They believed unto death. Wow. Rather, uh, die than to turn away from their faith in the everlasting God. What does this tell us about the nature, the character of God? That God is not concerned so much with who you were, but he is concerned with who you are in him. Hallelujah. How many know the fact that God doesn't hold any record of our wrongdoings? He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from, from you. Praise God. And you know what's beautiful? That if God doesn't remember our sins, then why are we remembering them? Why do we carry them? Why do we continue to dwell in yesteryear? Sometimes our sins seem to be badges of honor. When I was a young man, I had all the girls. We'll spend 20 minutes talking about all the girls we had. And then five seconds, but Jesus changed me. Glory to God. Five seconds for Jesus. We spent 30 minutes on all the flings we had. We spent all this time glorifying our past behavior when it's supposed to have been buried in the ground, buried in the ocean, in the sea, when you got baptized, when you came to the Father. Amen. Their desire was to honor God. This was the desire of hero misfits. They desired to live for Christ, and if it meant death, then they would have died for Christ too. All they wanted to do was please the Lord. Now, let me tell you, no matter what you have done today, let me tell you, you can't go back and fix your past. You cannot go back and change what you have done. But you do have the ability, the power to change your future by the decisions of your own will. If your desire is to please God this morning, then I tell you, you are in the right place. Hallelujah. You should study the chapter of Hebrews 11 for yourself and get charged by the acts of faith and heroism of those that came before us, our forefathers. Amen. Today's message is going to be a study of how every single one of us in this room has the ability to be pleasing 
to God for a change. Hallelujah. Because we all want the genie in the bottle, God. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I want this. God, I want that. But when God wants you to spend five minutes of prayer with him, mm, too tired. Ain't got no, ain't nobody got time for that. Not now. Maybe later. Maybe later. And we keep putting it off and putting it off. Then we get to bed. We put our head on the pillow and we say, I almost forgot. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you. I thank you for this day. In two seconds, you're gone. Let me tell you, saints of God, first and foremost, we read it earlier. It is impossible to please God without faith. If we're going to start anywhere, we got to start there. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's impossible to please God without faith. It's a fundamental truth. You could never please God if you don't believe that he exists. You could never please God if you don't believe in God. You could never please him if you do not believe that he will do what he says he will do. Look, our very salvation comes by way of faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved by faith, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That means you believed in Christ and therefore you received him by placing your faith and your trust in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about your prayers. Our prayers are also answered by faith. We have to believe that God is hearing. James 1, 6-8, it says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded Man And he is unstable in all that he does. In other words, if you are double-minded, you're praying, Oh God, heal this disease, but, you know, just in case, you know, I'll go to the doctor. Or God, take care of this issue for me, but just in case, you know, I'll, I'll do this other thing. You know, when we believe, we got to believe all in. You got to be all in, sold out, and believe that God, like he said, is a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him. I see so often people in their very own prayer chopping down their faith. With the very words that they're using, their prayers themselves show a lack of faith and trust in the living God. We must believe that not only does God hear our prayers, but that God answers our prayer. How else could we possibly even begin a lifestyle of prayer if you can't believe in the simple fact that the Lord that you're praying to is hearing them? If we believe that he hears our prayers, we would have a more active prayer life. That's the truth. But what happens is we're not praying enough because we don't believe he answers prayers. We believe he answers everybody else's prayers, right? We see other people getting their prayers answered. But when it comes to us, oh, maybe, maybe he'll hear me today. Let me tell you something, saints of God. Let me talk a little bit about religious activities, religiosity, uh, another word, legalism, legalistic believers. Religiousness, religious activities don't always please God. Let me give you some examples. Faithless religious ceremonies do not please the Lord. Let me give you a, a, a real a important fact. Do you know how many people have said, Hey, pastor, I want to get baptized. I really want to show the world that I mean business. And they go into the waters and they get baptized. And as soon as they get out, they don't keep their commitment to serve the Lord. And all they did was participate in a dunking ceremony. It was just a beautiful dunking. And that's it. I'm telling you the truth. How many receive communion and still go back to fornication 
and lawlessness and uncleanliness. How many people live the way they wish to live and then believe that they have a right relationship with God? So long as I do these religious ceremonies, I'm good with God. We're, me and God, we're good. How about giving? Faithless giving does not please the Lord. To give begrudgingly or even out of obligation is to dishonor God and dishonor yourself. When we give unto the work of the Lord, we should give out of the cheerfulness of our heart, knowing that God has blessed us so much. We have health and, and prosperity. We have children that are healthy. We have a home and a car. We've got food in our fridge, food in our cupboards. We're blessed. Some of us are so blessed, we got to go on a diet. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are beyond blessed. And when we give, we should give with a cheerful heart, out of the overflow, out of the abundance of what God has done for you. Amen. You know, I, I see these commercials on TV, and, and it breaks my heart. I just, I can't deal with it. But I pray for them. But, you know, you see the little kids, St. Jude commercials, and, and the other one with the Fenzy hat or whatever, the Feezy hat, the whatever, you know, the, 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 the children that are struggling with illnesses. Let me tell you, you should count your blessings every single morning that you wake up, that your kids are healthy, that you're healthy. It would rip my heart apart to see a small child struggling with a terminal illness and their head is bald and they're keeping their spirits up and playing a kickball in the hospital and, and they got tubes all out of them. Can you imagine the parents that have to suffer with that? And then we come to church and we're like, nah, I ain't giving nothing today. Let me tell you, you've got a lot to be grateful for. And when you give out of the abundance of your heart cheerfully and you give unto the Lord, you're honoring God. You're blessing the Father and he's pleased with that offering. It's an act of worship. But when you say all these people want is money, all the church want money, here, here, take a dollar. But then you go to McDonald's and order three cheeseburgers and a Big Mac and chicken McNuggets and spend $25, $30 on a lunch. Right? Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. How about this? Faithless worship does not please the Lord. Do you know that when we sing before God and we're worried about who's watching us, it could go both ways. If we're worried that somebody's watching us and we won't put our hands up, that's faithless worship. Or if we're looking at somebody that is watching us and we go, hallelujah, ah, so they could see you worship God. You see, both are true. Faithless worship doesn't please the Lord. He said he's looking for those that worship him, what? In spirit and in truth. You know, and it's okay to worship God and it's okay to be uh, uh, peaceful and loving and, and you know, Oh, rock of ages. It's fine. Praise God. But there comes a time where there's a level of excitement, where there's an overflow, where you've been through hell. Hallelujah. And you've seen the hand of God deliver you from some wickedness. Hallelujah. You may have had a wicked boss that was trying to fire you. Or your car broke down and you had no money. And all of a sudden, boom, a check comes in. You got money to fix the car. You may not have had no food in the house. And somebody goes, ding dong, the Lord told me to bring this to you. And you got five bags of groceries in your house. You may have been through some kind of hell and that's when the time where you come into this place and you throw up some holy hands and you tell your neighbor, listen, for the next few minutes, I'm about to get crazy up in here. So let me give, let me give you fair warning now. I'm going to get my praise on. Hallelujah. And if you're a little freaked out, you might want to reposition your seat because I'm about to go in. Hallelujah. I'm about to give him some praise because I know what he did for me. My soul rejoices in the living God. Hallelujah. And P.S. I ain't scared of you today. Hallelujah. I mean, there's something that we should shout about. 
Max Lucado said, praise and worship. Worship is the thank you that cannot be silenced. That means if you try to hold it back, it's going to erupt out of you like a volcano. John 4.24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means don't fake it till you make it. Be sincere with your worship. Hallelujah. This morning's verse proves two things. It is possible to please God. And the second thing, faith is available to every one of us. In fact, the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. So let me go into it this morning. What exactly is faith? Right in the very beginning, the very first verse, it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things unseen. It is believing God and accepting his call, accepting his will, accepting his promises. There's a quote by Dr. Ed Cole. We limit God by our own understanding of him. God is not limited in himself but he is limited in our lives by our own faith. We expect God to work one way, and he does it another way. We need to reach out beyond ourselves in faith. Another quote by the same man, Dr. Cole. God puts no limits on faith, and faith puts no limits on God. Let me tell you, if you can believe all things are possible. Amen? The Bible says with man there are things that are impossible, but with God all things are possible. What is the caveat? What is the qualification? Believe. You must believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me just stop there to explain what that means. When you hear the word of God, your faith is being built up. Your faith is increasing. It says faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So it's not just hearing, but hearing the word of God. So here, you might want to start this little habit. When you read the word, don't do this. Instead, do this. The solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish, and so on. Amen? When you read it out loud, what's happening is your ears are now open to hearing the word of the living God. And when you start reading devotionally, when you start studying, read the word out loud. Put it on CD or listen to it from a CD, but get the word in your spirit. Remember again, we said without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what does that mean? God actually wants to show himself strong in your life. All he wants you to do is believe. It's so simple. A caveman can understand this. Praise God. He just wants you to believe. If you can't believe, then it is impossible to please God. But if you could believe, all things are possible. You remove all natural limitations. You understand? Romans 14.23, it says, For whatever is not from faith, is sin. If we're not believing, if we can't believe, to us it is sin. Hallelujah. You still with me today? Yes. Glory to God. Faith is the combat is comparable to the heartbeat of a Christian. Without faith, we cannot live as a Christian. 
If you can't believe God, then your heart is not beating Jesus Christ in your heart. Hallelujah. I have my daughter, Ariana. I don't know if she's tuning in, but if she is, I love you. My daughter. Praise God. When she was a little girl, I used to sing a song to her. And she used to laugh. And she would put her head on my heart. And she would listen. And I would say, what is my heart saying? What is my heart saying? She goes, it's going boom, 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 boom. I said, no, my heart is saying, I love Ariana. 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 And she starts laughing. You're so silly. But the thing is, the people of God, our hearts just say, I love lost souls. I love lost souls. I love God. I love Jesus. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Our heart should beat the living word of God. He should write his word on the tablet of our heart. The book of Proverbs says, out of the heart springs forth the issues of life. Is God's word written on the tablet of your heart this morning? It should be the heartbeat of every Christian, our belief in Jesus Christ. What are the ingredients of faith that please God? Well, again, believing. That's the first and foremost. One thing is to pray. Another thing is to believe that God hears our prayers. One thing is to worship. And another thing is to believe that God actually received our worship. One thing is to go out and evangelize. Another is to believe that God is with you wherever you go. We must believe that God is a rewarder of those that earnestly and diligently seek him. Praise God. Faith that pleases God is more than just a profession of a few words or an admission of a few words. The sinner's prayer Let me tell you, some of us, we get so colorful with our words and we mask our true intentions by our beautiful words. Let me give you an illustration. You remember in the word of God where Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some said, well, they think you're John the Baptist and others say that you're Elijah back from the dead. And then he looked at his disciples and said, who do you say? that I am. And one among them said, Master, thou art the supreme eschatological manifestation of the omnipotent ecclesiastical authority and the absolute divine sacerdotal monarch of the universe. And Jesus go, huh? You see, we could use these words, but they don't add up to much. Hallelujah. For the record, before y'all start saying I'm preaching heresies, that's not what they said. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood have not revealed this truth to you, but my father in heaven revealed it to you. Praise the Lord. The bottom line is talk is cheap. Amen. We can pray. So many have beautiful, eloquent words in their prayer. Oh, but their actions are another thing. The Bible says faith without deeds is dead. How many know that faith is an action word? Faith is doing. It is not a noun. It is an action. We have to put our money, as they say, where our mouth is. James 2.14. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? When you truly believe, you will act upon what you are believing. All right? Faith and action are literally married together. James 2.17, thus also faith by itself. If it does not have works, then it is dead. Hallelujah. Let me give you an illustration. If you... Anybody in this room or anyone tuning in, if you believe that one day you're about to be married, you're waiting for your mate, then what are you doing now to prepare to receive your mate? Which is a gift from God. You should be taking care of your health, your hygiene, your wealth, your overall well-being, your spiritual well-being. 
When you marry, you should not be waiting or wanting for a mate or not a savior. You see, what happens is somebody is waiting for the savior to take them out of their bondage. I want to marry somebody who's going to pay my bills. I want somebody who's going to clean my debt. I want somebody who's going to buy me furniture. I want somebody who's going to take care of me. That's what I'm looking for. I want a savior. I'm not caring about a mate. I want somebody to save me, rescue me. Before you get married, you should rid yourself of debt. Pay your bills. Make sure that you're not a burden to your spouse. If you're a female or, or even a male for that matter, you should learn how to cook, how to clean, how to wash clothes, how to work. How about that? Care for children, so on and so forth. You should be able to bring something to the table. Beauty is great, but it is fleeting. Hallelujah. Beauty wears off. Hallelujah. Unless you happen to be my wife, then you're going to remain beautiful forever. Beauty can never fade off that woman. Hallelujah. Not only is she beautiful inside, but she's beautiful outside. Hallelujah. Don't hate. Hallelujah. Amen. That's mine. Hallelujah. How about this? Men, if you are looking to get married, number one, do you have a career? I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about a career. You should have a career, a job, hallelujah, a car, a home. There should be no debt, money saved. How about this? Do you have a vision? Where are you headed? What is your future? Do you have a plan of action, a direction? If you plan on taking your woman out of her home and you don't have a plan, shame on you. You think you're going to take your woman out of a stable home, whether she is by herself or she's living with mom and dad. She's got her own bed, her own clothes, her own room, her everything, food, water, shelter. Oh, come on, baby, let's get together. You and me, let's hook up. And she gets married, she marries you, and you go home to sit on your couch and play Xbox. Get a job. Have a plan. Have a vision. Praise God. Put some money in the bank. Go before the Lord. Get yourself right in the spirit. Renew your mind. Renew your heart. You have to prepare. You got to have a plan. You need to learn how to love your wife. How to esteem her. How to cater to her uniqueness as a woman. How to guide and govern and protect her. How to include her as a joint and equal heir. Many men learn this by the way they treat their mother. How are you treating your mom, men of God? You should be able to remain calm and cool and collected, never quick to anger. In other words, have the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Most importantly, the relationship that you have with Father God should be of the most intimate, the most priority, the most paramount in your life should be your desire to follow and serve God. We have to put in the work, hallelujah. Just like Adam, when Adam was told by the Lord to tend the garden, Adam found his work. And then the Lord put him in a deep sleep. And when he awoke, God brought him his wife. So many of us are searching the earth, scouring the earth to look for their mate. If you would just prepare and believe and trust God, you'll be putting us deep sleeping. When you wake up, bam, there they go. Hallelujah. Did you know that Adam and Eve had an ideal marriage? He didn't have to hear about all the men she could have married before him. And she didn't have to hear about the way his mother cooked. (laughs) Saints of God, prepare. Believe. Trust in the Lord. Amen? Real faith in Christ changes your situation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When we look at this chapter, I like to call it the Hall of Heroes. I love this picture. It's like God's superheroes. Hallelujah. But their faith in God 
changed their whole life. It changed their whole situation. Faith made Abel worship God. Faith made Enoch not only walk with God, but his faith literally walked him right into the kingdom of God. Enoch didn't taste death. He walked right into heaven. I believe he is one of the prophets that's coming back in the tribulation period. By faith, Noah built an ark on dry land according to the word of the Lord. Do you know how crazy that may seem? It's like somebody going in, in Kansas and building an ark right in the middle of the United States. No land in thousands of miles nearby. No land. No, excuse me, no ocean. I was testing you and you passed the test. Hallelujah. Good job. No ocean for thousands of miles. And he built an ark in the middle of dry land. And everybody mocked him, but he kept on. Look at uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah. She conceived at an old age and bore a son. And that one man's seed, Abraham's seed, the son that was born, generations were added unto them. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt and surrendered to the unseen God. He was used to deliver God's people from slavery and bondage. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down to the ground, not one stone upon another. And on and on it goes. Our faith moves the heart of God. Our faith pleases God and releases His divine power into any situation. And Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, If you can believe, all things are possible to Him. Who believes? Praise God. So again, let's go back to verse 6. He that comes to God must believe. I want you to think about this for a few moments. I've got a couple of things to say. Isn't it funny how tiring it is to serve God for one hour or so on Sunday mornings, but how easy it is to sit through a three-hour sports game on TV or a three-hour movie? Isn't it funny how we can't think of anything to say when we pray, but we have no problem chatting with our friend on the phone for over an hour? Isn't it funny how thrilled we get when our game goes into overtime, but how frustrated we get when the pastor preaches longer than usual? Isn't it funny how we want a front seat at the concert or at the theater, but we scramble to get the back seat at church? Isn't it funny how we need a two to three week prior notice along with several reminders and announcements for a church event, but we can't adjust our, we can adjust our schedule in a heartbeat for any other event. Isn't it funny how big a hundred dollar bill looks at church, but how small it looks like in the mall. Isn't it funny how hard it is to read a chapter of the Bible daily, but how easy it is to read countless hours of post and nonsense on social media? Isn't it funny how hard it is for people to learn the simple plan of salvation, but how simple it is to repeat the latest gossip? Isn't it funny how we, be, we will believe the media, the newspapers, governors, and scientists so easily, but we won't believe or trust in the word of God. Amen. Saints of the Most High God, it's time to realign, to reorder our priorities. If, if we continue to go down these types of paths, we're going to look just like the world. Amen. God wants us to believe in him, not to believe in what the newspapers are telling you in the media and all this. They have an agenda, a twisted, sick agenda. If it was up to them, they wouldn't want us to sit in church today. They would want us to be separate. If it was up to them, they would want us all with masks on. If it was up to them, we wouldn't be able to sing any songs. And let me tell you, the time is coming. Persecution is coming. Are you going to believe what God says or are you going to believe what man says? Galatians 1.10 says, am I here to please man or God? Who am I going to serve? Amen. Let me just tell you something, saints. We can please God. It takes faith to believe. It takes faith to trust God to believe. But let me tell you, you don't have to be a super spiritual superhero in order to please God. 
let me draw your attention to the faith of a centurion soldier, a heathen, a man that probably killed a lot of people under the Roman rule, a person that was in charge of persecuting people, punishing people. But he comes and he seeks out the Lord Jesus, a heathen. His servant was dying and he found Jesus. He went through the crowds and everybody saw him and he said, Lord, my servant is ill. And Jesus, before he could finish, says, would you like me to go to your house? He goes, no, 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 no. My house is jacked up. You're a holy man. I got issues. There's all kinds of demonic stuff in my house. You're too holy to step foot in my house. My house is jacked up. That's what he said. That's the Ebonics version. Yes, he did. He goes, listen, no, no, no. I don't need for you to come to my house. I, all I need you to do is speak the word. If you say the word, that's all I need to hear. If my ears hear the word coming out of your mouth, I believe and my servant will be healed. Hallelujah. Just say the word. I got it. Just speak the word. It'll be done. This came from the mouth of a heathen. Psalm 33, 9, it says, For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. How many know our God is powerful? He is mighty. Hallelujah. And what did the word of the Lord said? As you have believed, so let it be done for you. Jesus didn't say, According to thine own righteousness. He didn't say, according to thine spirituality. He didn't say, according to your goodness, your spiritual maturity. How about this? Jesus didn't say, according to thou many prayers that I have heard. According to your sackcloth and ashes and your 40 days of fasting and prayer. He didn't say any of that. He said, because you have believed, your faith has healed your servant. So let it be done. Here's another really interesting fact from that passage of Scripture. The Bible says that Jesus marveled at his faith. Can you imagine? Jesus marveled. He wondered. He was in amazement at the level of faith of this heathen soldier. He said, I have not found such great a faith in all of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was his hometown, his capital, the people of God, the chosen people. I have not found such great faith in all of Jerusalem. Isn't it awesome to know that we have the ability to amaze God? to marvel God, to make him wonder in amazement at our unyielding, unflinching faith and trust in him. Amen. Glory to God. The centurion put his faith in action. He believed no matter what. He sought out the Lord. He knew if I could just speak to him, I know my servant will be healed. What he had was blind faith. He didn't have a relationship with the Father. He didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't know the sinner's prayer. He didn't know the Lord's prayer. He just knew if there's anybody that could do anything, it's got to be that Jewish guy that's running around town healing everybody. I'm hearing all about him. My faith is stirred. I know I don't deserve nothing. I know I'm a mess. But I love my servant. How many people love their children? How many families love their loved ones? And when someone's hurting, you don't care about what people think. You don't care about what people say. You go to the source. Who's the one that can help me? Then the Lord tells us in his word, if you have faith, Luke 17, 6, as a mustard seed, 
You could say to this mulberry tree. Listen, why did he say mulberry tree? It was among the biggest trees in the land. And the roots are so deep, 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 deep. You could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. You know what that means? You could tell cancer. Cancer! Uproot yourself out of this body and go throw yourself in the sea. Lupus, diabetes, leukemia, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Uproot yourself out of this flesh and go throw yourself into the ocean in the name of Jesus. And it shall obey you. If you have faith to believe, you could tell that thing to get up and go throw itself in the ocean. You see, so often we pray, if it be thy will, if it be thy will, O Lord, tell this cancer to go. Is that what the word tells us to do? Didn't he say it is his will? He says, if it is impossible to please God without faith. So he wants you to believe. It's his will for you to believe. And if you could believe, then all things are possible. And then you could look at that cancer. You could look at that leukemia. You could look at all these wicked diseases. It's a dis-ease. Hallelujah. It is an abomination. You could look at these things and say, get out in the name of Jesus. You tell it to move. It shall obey. It must obey. That's the word of the Lord. He says, I'm not a man that I should lie. My word will accomplish what it is set out to do. It shall not return to me void. Tell them the kingdom of God is upon you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I give you the keys of the kingdom to unlock heaven on earth and earth as it is in heaven. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Glory to God. Let me tell you, saints, we got to level up. We got to level up. Hallelujah. We got to level up. You've got to start believing in a real God, a real God that does real wonders, real signs and wonders, real works, that hearkens his ear to the cries of his children. You know, there's the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. You see the scene where Jesus is walking with the cross and he falls down and the mother runs to his aid. And then they show a little vignette, if you will, a little, a, a little a, a scene from his childhood where he was running and he scraped his knee. Let me tell you, women of God, you could hear the heartbeat of your kid from the upstairs of a, a balcony. A woman could be cooking, washing, vacuuming the rug. <gasps> She'll stop and run to her child. And men of God, we need to get there. Hallelujah. We ain't there yet. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, the same way that that sixth sense that the women have, they know something's up, something's up with their children. You see, that's a beautiful thing that God has given you. We can't even understand it. But I'm telling you, that's how God is with his children. There's angels in heaven. Holy, holy, holy. Okay, continue. Lord God Almighty. He hearkens his ear to the prayers of his children. He stops everything. Oh, wait, my son, my daughter. Oh, oh, wait. And here we are. We, we wonder, why is you answering my prayers? Why don't you just answer my prayer now? I want it right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. Didn't Daniel pray? And the minute he prayed, the prayer was answered. But what happened? The prince of Persia, the devil, was blocking his prayer for 21 days. The angel came and said, hey, man, you prayed. The prayer was answered the minute you prayed. The Lord sent me. But the prince of Persia blocked my path. 
That means you have to pray without ceasing. You know that God heard your prayer. You know the prayer was answered. But there's some demons that are trying to block what God is about to do in your life. And you got to stand up and war in the faith and believe God that he has heard you. But you're going to persevere like the persistent widow. She kept nagging the judge. You better do something. You better fix this situation. And he said, let me go down and answer this woman before she pester me to death. That's the prayer that moves God's heart. When we believe, hallelujah. Think about Peter walking on the water. What kind of faith did it take to get off the boat? And everybody looked and said, oh, my God, a ghost, oh, a ghost. And Jesus said, don't trip, it's just me. That's again, Ebonics, all right, come on, stay with me, hallelujah. Don't manifest thyself, it is only I, the Lord. Don't lose your footing. Trip, get it? Don't lose your footing. Amen. Hallelujah. And Peter said, well, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. Bring it. Let's go. Meet me out here. All right, fellas, peace out. Deuces, I'm heading out. (laughs) And he walked. He walked on the water. But guess what happened? He said, yo, I'm I'm really walking on the water. (laughs) This is cray-cray. This is crazy. I'm actually walking on the water. All of a sudden, he starts sinking. He starts sinking. He didn't just dunk. He gradually started sinking. And Jesus comes and says, why would you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. Come on, man. Get it together. Give me your hand. And he gets him up. And all of a sudden, he starts looking at God again. And what happens? Now they're both walking, hand in hand, back on the water. They're both on the water. It doesn't say that Jesus had to pick them up and carry him. They walked back onto the boat. They got back in. Oh, man, that was crazy, man. I don't know how that happened, man. That was, that was crazy. That was crazy. And everybody else is like, oh, oh. Can you imagine that scene? All you have to do is believe. What about the paralyzed man? that was lowered down through the roof to get to Jesus. What was somebody else's ceiling, it was his platform. They lowered him down from the roof. I'm getting my healing. I'm getting it. I don't care. You carry me. Put me through the roof. I'm getting healed today. I'm coming out. Lower me down to the master. What about the disciples? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to thee. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Oh, you don't want to rise? Give me your hand. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. You understand? Let me tell you what this amounts to. Fear kills faith. And faith kills fear. You see, when we believe, then all things are possible. But we have to believe. It is impossible to please God without faith. I'm drilling the message home so you get it. God wants you to please him. And the only way you can please him is by believing that he will do what he says he will do. The centurion, all he needed was a word. Peter, all he needed was water. David, all he needed was a smooth stone. What do you need to believe? What will it take you to believe in the living God? What will it take you to so believe in him that you will turn this city, Middletown, upside down for Jesus Christ? Let me tell you, saints of God, didn't we all experience, most of us in this room, didn't we all experience a bona fide miracle together as a church, as sole purpose, evangelical church? Some of you don't know what we're talking about. We had a beautiful building, and we were really to be kicked out twice. We were behind in rent 
$26,000. And we were told on June 14th, you're going to be evicted. And if you ain't out of here, I'm coming in with my bobcat and I'm going to bulldoze you all out of here. We had no money. The day before we were supposed to be kicked out, we had a check. Somebody had donated $350,000 to our church. We had a celebration. Didn't, didn't you see it? You saw it, didn't you? And then time goes on. Another year and a half later, we're about to be kicked out again. And we were given 18 days to go and find somewhere else. There's no buildings around. We walked into this place, and it was jacked up. There was all kinds. The roof was tore up. The, it was disheveled. This whole place was disaster. A disaster. And everybody, those that were here, you remember, they were like, we need to pray for pastor. He done lost his mind. He is truly off his meds. Something is wrong. But if this is what he says, we're going to just believe. And, I'm, and before we walked in to move all of our stuff, and let me tell you, in the back we have a whole room, storage, free storage. Where do you get that? This place was jacked up. And the Lord said, this is where I'm going to build my house, right here in the center of Middletown. And it took one month. I told everybody, listen, you're going to see a miracle. And three days before this place opened, we were going to go somewhere else. They said, the mayor said, you can't go. Now we had three days with nowhere to go. How do we win that? We got into a prayer meeting and we started worshiping God. Thank you for the problem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We started worshiping God. That's how we win. We went into worship. You remember, you remember, you remember, we started worshiping God. And within two hours, I got a phone call. We got another place to see. And Minister Jill came. She brought me here. And then when we started bringing everybody, I said, listen, before you walk in, you got to see with eyes of vision. I'm trying to convince everybody. You need to see with eyes of vision. Look past the holes in the wall. Look past the dead rodents in the corner. Look past the cobwebs and the dust. Look past everything. See with eyes of vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We're going to put a, a, a pulpit here. The worship team's going to go here. We're going to put chairs here. Oh, okay. This wall, we're going to knock this wall down. We're going to do this. And 30 days later, we had our first service August 4th. You're sitting in a miracle. All things are possible to them that believe. God has never failed me ever, ever. But guess what? I have relentlessly failed him. Regularly failed him. Weekly failed him. Yet he remains faithful. God can be trusted. God is able. The question is, can we believe in a loving, everlasting God. I'm coming to a close. Sister, you can come and prepare. This is one of the greatest acronyms for the word faith. Faith is a fantastic adventure in trusting Him. We're never going to know how God does it. We just need to know that He will. Listen, I'll say this. I'm going to say this. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not blowing anybody's spot up, but a couple of weeks, uh, last week, we had two people that wanted to go to the men's conference. Two people, okay? They didn't have money. I'm not saying names. They didn't have money. They're, they're having some difficulties. We said, don't worry about it. You know what? The Lord will provide. Within minutes, not only is one person going, but their son is coming too. Hallelujah. Two Two people were sponsored within five minutes of them uttering out of their mouth, I want to go. Let me tell you, God is doing something in our midst. And there are miracles happening every single moment. All that we need to do is believe and trust in God. All things are possible. We have to stop trying to figure out how is God going to do it. What is he going to do this time? How is he going to do it? Listen, he's God and we're not. Let him do it. He knows how to fix it. All we got to do is just trust and sit back and enjoy the adventure. Right in the middle of verse 6, which we read earlier, there is an invitation. He says, oh, uh, that he can, uh, invites us to come to him. When I think about this particular invitation, right, uh, I'm reminded of John 
6.37, it says, All that the Father has given me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. So here's the call, the draw to come to the Father. This is an assurance of every person in this room that anyone who calls upon him, he will by no means cast away. Here is your chance to come to the Father. But in order to come to him, you must believe that he is hearing you. You must believe that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. He's not looking for perfect saints He's not looking for those that, that know his plan and knows everything about the Lord. He's looking for those that are willing to surrender to him and believe upon him. Those that will speak words of faith into the air and trust God no matter what. Hallelujah. Like the three Hebrew boys that said, our God is able to deliver us from these flames. But even if he doesn't, we are still not going to bow down to your idols. This is the kind of faith, this bold, courageous faith that will move God's heart. People, if we're going to be able to fight and weather some storms, our faith needs to increase to the next level in him. Glory to God. This verse offers us an invitation. Come to Jesus just as you are. Hallelujah. When you come to Jesus in faith, he is pleased to receive you just the way you are. Saints, it is possible to please God. Just believe. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads this morning. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.